What's up? I'm B, and whether you're watching this on YouTube or you are listening to the podcast, I hope you are having an amazing day. Today, we are going to be reacting to a video from Girl Defined called We've Changed Our Mind on Modesty. I feel like this video is going to be pretty interesting because I went and I looked and two years ago, almost exactly um, November 9th of 2021, I posted a video about Girl Defined giving us an update on their views on modesty. And so I can only imagine that from that time to now, there's been some change in their perspective and it'll be um, kind of cool to see. Oh, I'm hoping it'll be cool. I'm hoping this is going to be a positive video. Uh, the the change in thinking from what they were originally putting out on the internet to how they perceive modesty now. And I think especially with Bethany posting the kind of content that she's been posting on Instagram, we might see that playing into what they believe about modesty and their perspective today. Um, if you don't know, Bethany Beal is posting a lot about sex on her Instagram. She is offering an ultimate sex course. Literally, like, nine out of ten posts on her Instagram are about eroticism, climaxing, being a busy mom and her husband getting the bedroom ready for them at the end of the day. It's it's a lot. And so... Um, typically modesty is tied in with sexual desire, lust, talking about um, being pure in your thoughts. I'm especially curious to hear what they have to say because for a long time, the way I felt they presented themselves on the internet was, here's what we think and here's what you have to do. And if you're not modest like us, then you're a bad person and you're not as valuable as we are. If you don't adhere to our standards and modesty, you're a bad person. You're a bad Christian. You are intentionally causing people to stumble because that is, that's, that's a, an idea that is present in a lot of religious circles is women have to be in control of other men's desires. And so if someone is looking at you in a way where they are objectifying you or sexualizing you, it's your responsibility to prevent that from happening. And so I very much feel like for a long time, that's how Bethany and Kristen operated. And I hope that they don't operate like that anymore. I hope that they're going to present some positive ideas. And if they do, I will, I will absolutely be like, yes, I agree. If there's something I agree with, I will, you know, I'll affirm and acknowledge when they say something that I appreciate. But I also want to make it clear that you coming out here and saying that you've updated your your views on modesty doesn't really do anything to undo the damage or the harm that you may have caused to women and their self-worth if the if these women and girls watched you years ago and took what you had to say to heart. So I am cautiously optimistic for this video. I do think that they're going to be a little bit more lax in their approach this time around and they're going to be a little bit less legalistic, but who knows? Who's to say? Before we get into that, I do have some housekeeping items that I want to address and then we will jump right into the reaction. First and foremost, it's just been a while since I brought this up, so I do want to let you know that in the description box of nearly every video, the first two links that you're going to see from me are related to a man named Daniel Robinson. Daniel Robinson was a young man. He was a geologist and he was working in Buckeye, Arizona. I live in Arizona, not close to Buckeye, but like an hour away. 
Um, and a few years ago, he abruptly left his work site and went missing. And he's not been found. His vehicle was found, but there's no update on what actually happened to Daniel. The first link is a link to a petition um, on change.org, basically asking that the Buckeye PD change the investigation type to, from a missing persons investigation to a criminal investigation. This petition was created by Daniel's dad, David. And then the second link is to a website called pleasehelpfinddaniel.com, which was also created by Daniel's dad. And it just has information on Daniel's disappearance and things that were going on the day that he disappeared. Um, it has different links to donate, to help volunteer to search, and to help in other ways. You can get information on their flyering campaigns. Daniel's dad, David just is so dedicated and he's out here and he is putting so much effort into finding his son and finding out what actually happened to him. And it, something about it just like tugged on my heartstrings. And so, like I said, those two links are typically going to be the first links in any video or podcast episode that I post. And sometimes people will leave comments being like, what's this about? How is this related to your video? And it's not related to my videos. It's just something that I want to raise awareness on. So I wanted to bring that up again and just be like, hey, those are my first two links in most of my videos. If you want to check them out, please do sign the petition. I would really appreciate it. Secondly, I had initially thought that today's video was going to be a reaction to Brittany Dawn's appearance on Mike Signorelli's podcast. Brittany recently traveled to New York. She went with Jordan. They went to a revival and she was a guest on his podcast. And I'd seen a few people posting about it, especially on the Reddit thread. And I'm like, hmm, interesting. Let me look into it. I didn't know who Mike Signorelli was. He is a pastor. He's written a book. He has a movie that is apparently coming back into theaters. I'd never heard I never heard about it like the first time around. Um, but yeah, he, he has a movie and apparently it's coming back to theaters soon. Um, and so I was like, okay, interesting. Let's see what's going on with that. He seems to be an interesting character. Let me look into him a little bit. And then I found out He's, he's buddy-buddy with Mark Driscoll, my arch nemesis, Pastor Mark Driscoll, who I don't know in person, who I'm pretty sure doesn't know me. It might be one-sided beef, but if I ever saw Mark Driscoll in person, I would turn into Kelly Kapoor, like in the office. I would be like, Mark, I got a lot of questions. First of all, how dare you? Mm. I'm not a fan of Mark Driscoll, but I was like, okay, he's buddy-buddy with Mark Driscoll. He's been on his YouTube channel. They did an interview together. I'm going to react to Britney's appearance on the podcast because it's on Mike Signorelli's YouTube channel. But then I went to download the video and I noticed that Mike's daughter was part of the interview and I was not able to find out how old she is. But she looks pretty young. Like she looks like she's under 18. And I don't know, she could be older and just have like a young face. But because I can't verify how old she is, I don't feel super comfortable doing like a full on reaction. Um, so if you want me to like watch it and report back, bring you like the key points of it, definitely feel free to let me know. But unfortunately, I will not be doing a reaction to that podcast appearance because I don't know, I just don't feel comfortable including somebody else's kid on my channel. Yes, I know that she's on Mike's channel. Mike has chosen to include her in the conversation and that's great. Like they can make that decision for themselves, but you know, for me, I don't really like bringing other people's kids into stuff. So 
we're not going to do that. But like I said, let me know if you want me to uh, do a recap for y'all on what went down in that podcast episode, and I can definitely do that. But those are all of our housekeeping items. Let's go ahead and do win for the week, and then we will get into today's reaction. If you are new around here, a win for the week is just where you share something positive that happened to you over the past week, big or small, whatever it may be, just something that made you feel happy, something that made you feel grateful, something that you were excited about. I want to hear it and I want to celebrate with you. And if you are watching this video on YouTube, you can leave it in the comment section down below. And if you are listening to the podcast on Spotify, you can leave it in the Q&A for this particular episode. My win for the week is that I went axe throwing for the first time ever. It was a lot of fun. I want to go back and do it more. There's just something really satisfying about throwing it and then hearing it hit that wood and like go in. I wasn't super great at it. Uh, but I think I could be good. I think with a little bit more practice, I could hit those bullseyes. Maybe not every time, but every now and then I could probably hit a bullseye. Anyway, it was a lot of fun. I had a great time doing it. That is my win for the week, and I cannot wait to hear yours and celebrate with you. Today on The Girl Defined Show, we are taking it back and we are talking about modesty. Modesty is something that actually randomly put Girl Defined on the map. People wanted us to talk about it. Every time we mentioned modesty way back in the day, our videos would go, go viral. People started buying our resources on modesty. And so we were like, hey, I guess this is something we should talk about. And then fast forward a few years and... Whoosh, we ghosted you. People have been asking, like, why don't you talk about modesty anymore? What's the deal? And the truth is, is that we've changed our mind on a lot of things. Like, we are going to be the first to admit okay. it. Yes, we have changed our mind. And are we here to do a big apology video and say we're sorry? <laughs> like, no, that's not the point of this. We are here to say, hey, here's what we used to think. Here's what we think now. And we are going to clear the air. We are clearing the air in this video. So if modesty... You don't think that maybe you should do a little bit more self-reflection on that? You don't think that you should compare what you used to say about modesty and the value of a human being based on what they were wearing and compare it to what you believe now and think, hey, maybe the things that I said in the past had a negative impact on somebody and how they viewed themselves in their own uh, sense of self-worth. So maybe I should apologize for promoting harmful ideas. Or do you not think that what you said in the past was harmful. It's just not what you believe now. Mm. Is something that you found Girl Defined through. Awesome. And if you're like, I've never heard you talk about this. Well, welcome. We are about to drop a modesty bomb. What's up, everybody? It is Kristen and Bethany here at Girl Defined, where we are fighting the lies of feminism Hi. and reclaiming the truth of who God created women to be. And one of the topics that... Fighting the lies of feminism. Hmm. Okay. Is that like a new tagline that they're trying to implement? I recently watched two Girl Defined videos. One was about alcohol and how they used to be very like staunchly anti-alcohol and now their views have changed over time. And then also one about posting seductive selfies. And at the beginning, I did not hear that like tagline, but maybe they're only using it selectively. I don't know if they're trying to make this like a, a cornerstone of their internet presence, but that's an interesting phrase to hang your hat on is like all about women mm -hmm. I guess yeah. and we get a lot of people saying why don't men talk about this for men <laughs> we're not dealing with men we are here for women we are not so talking why. okay all you husbands you can tune out right now that's <laughs> your cue this I I'm all for people having fun being silly being goofy but if I'm 29 years old 
And I'm looking at them being like, you you speak like you are younger than me. I don't know how I am supposed to take you seriously when you are sitting here flailing your arms about being like, I can't talk to guys. I can't talk to men. Again, I'm all for being silly. I'm all for being goofy. I'm all for having a good time. But there's just a lack of maturity in both Bethany and Kristen that makes it hard to take them seriously and look at them as like serious people who you can gain valuable knowledge from. <laughs> but this is something that my husband had a lot of thoughts on when we yes. got married. And it's interesting because we grew up in a very conservative circle. Um, we've talked about a lot of this in yeah. the response video that we made about the shiny, happy people documentary actually. Yeah. And that whole, like, you know, the darker family secrets and like the whole ATI conservative homeschool group. And there were some aspects of that, that we yeah, were a yeah, part yeah. of that did influence our perspective and view on modesty in a way that I don't think we even realized until totally. years and years later. And even today, disentangling some of the, that thinking and that identity that you take on with the way you dress yeah. in a way that isn't biblical, that isn't healthy, that is more objectifying and rooted in pride, quite honestly. Yeah. And so for us, when Zach and okay. I got married, all that to say, we had a lot of conversations about, about modesty. And I remember he was more conservative on For modesty sure. and he was the one that was more concerned. Like, Oh, like, I don't know. He had a lot of issues with some of the stuff that I wore. And so I remember as we were dating and then eventually got engaged that I started, you know, I was like, okay, well, I want to hmm. honor what he thinks. And, you know, he's a guy like, okay. And so he, I remember, there was this one time where he was like, we had been out somewhere and there was this really creepy guy who was like giving me so many just like stare downs. And of course I hate that. I'm like, creepy guy, get away. Like, what are you yes. doing? And I remember Zach was just furious about it. He's like, okay, that creepy guy, like he was just staring you down like so much. And like, he was so mad. And so he's in that moment of feeling like so mad about that guy and like wanting to punch him, we came home and we weren't married yet. And we were, you know, just hanging out. And he's like, I, you know, I just think floor length skirts would be the best option for you. I was like, what? He's like, no, I'm serious. I just, he's like, I just think if you wore floor length skirts, that would solve a lot of problems. And I, I was like, what? And so we had a brief moment and I had a brief moment of shock where I thought he was really going to like keep pushing for this, but he didn't. Long story short, we've come a long way yeah. in our convictions and our thoughts about modesty. And we're going to unpack that right now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. Has, has your now husband, has Zach come a long way from where he was at that point in time. Like you're telling this as like a funny, lighthearted story. But what I'm hearing is that the man that you are now married to tried to blame you for somebody else being a creep and like staring at you in a way that made you feel uncomfortable. Yeah, I get it. Oh, he didn't end up being really like gung-ho on it. He didn't end up forcing her into wearing those floor-length skirts. But still, it's like in that moment, why would he be mad at you and be like, I think this is the best option? Why would he not like, I don't know if it's really something that's bothering him so much. Look at the guy and be like, hey, can you not stare at my girlfriend? Thanks, you're making her uncomfortable. Why... Is he holding you accountable for another person's actions? Don't like that. Yeah, but y'all, if you want to be a part of like the girl defined inner circle where you get to be a part of like behind the scenes, what's happening, the latest releases before everyone else, that is over in our Patreon community. So if you'll go over to patreon.com slash girl define, we actually give our patrons the best of the best. So every Ooh. single month when we release a new digital resource, we actually give that to our patrons as a way of saying thank you. So they support the work of girl define with like a dollar or $2 per video every single month. And as our way of saying thank you, we do special Patreon giveaways. We 
do um, give them our digital resources. We do all sorts of stuff just for that community. So right here we have like our Psalms devotional that we have given them, five strategies to find freedom from sexual sin, an incredible guide. We also have a new release, Am I Ready to Start Dating? A Practical Guide to Help You Prepare for Dating and Marriage. Ooh. These are resources you can buy now in the Girl Defined shop. Or if you sign up and become one of our patrons, you get access to all of these plus every digital resource we have ever created. So that is an amazing way to not only connect further with the community, um, but to also get free stuff. And who doesn't like free stuff? I yeah. Like free well, stuff. where do they go to get this free stuff? <laughs> Patreon.com slash girldefined. Oh. <laughs> Patreon.com slash girldefined. <laughs> okay. So the modesty, okay. this is actually a topic I was really pushing for. I came back from a recent trip to Poland and I came back and I was like, Kristen, we need to talk about modesty. And Wait, why reason- did, yeah, why? Yeah. Okay. So- this has been a big journey Take a deep for <sighs> this has been a really big journey for me personally. So Kristen and I obviously grew up in the same house. We're only like a year and a half apart. So we grew up with like all the same convictions, except you know what was funny? You what? were like the rebel, like in high school. And um, I was the rebel. Yeah. Like rebel when it came to oh, like, Oh, I was just boundaries. always pushing the boundaries. Yeah. I, I never really liked being told what yeah. to do. So I remember like when it came okay. to like curfew when we were in high yeah, school, you were always like, <laughs> I was always like trying to keep it, like, get us home on time. And you're like, eh, it's fine. And then when it came to clothes, that's the funny part. I remember oh, you were the one pushing against the parents. Yeah. Like, okay, we want y'all to wear like, okay, skirts have to be this long or like shorts, no shorter than this. And I was always like so mad about yeah. it. Yeah. And I, which is funny now we're kind of like not, I'm not pushing against it, but I would say you probably dress like more classic and consumer. <laughs> Okay, let's get it out. Get it out. I dress how louder for the people in the back. Come on. Like you're not really pushing any limits now, right? I guess it's all a matter of perspective. (laughs) There could be some people within the family who feel I push the limits, others who don't. Okay, within within the the family, within we have five sisters, so we have Mm -hmm. our own limits within our family. We have to get a ride home, y'all. We rode together. Call me an No, I mean, I feel like I'm I'm settled into a place where I'm comfortable with like yeah. the way I dress and what I wear and you know, yeah, I'm, I'm not doing the floor length skirts, but you yeah. know, yeah, for sure. I don't know. I'm just like, I feel like your sleeveless shirts are always about the same. Like your shorts are always about the same length. Like I, or your skirts, your dresses. Mm-hmm. Okay. I know that I just had a moment of like, be serious, talk like adults. And it seemed like I might've been really irritated. And in that moment I was a little bit like, okay, come on, get it together. Um, but I, I stand by the fact that I do, when Bethany is good cheesy, she's real good. She's just sitting there being like, call me an Uber. Because <laughs> I'm basically saying you're predictable and boring to her own sister. Uh, Bethany, you know, she gets me sometimes. I, you never come over and I'm like, ooh, that's a new thing. Like, in as far as like, no. <laughs> so now I don't ever buy anything new. As far as modesty goes okay, okay that's a new thing as far as my, I'm not like oh I haven't seen you in something like that yeah. I can almost reliably count on like the level of modesty that you will okay be yeah yeah I'm not in an offensive way so wait so on the flip side I cannot rely on the level of modesty that you will be in is not that anymore. your point not anymore okay so here's what happened we had very like we'll just be honest very black and white standards very black growing and white convictions up. Yeah. into our like 20s Okay. Yeah. Growing up and into our twenties, I thought you were talking about where you are now. Yeah. But I'm saying you have to set the stage. Going back in time. Okay. Like I said in the intro, project modesty, any OGs out there who are like, I know project modesty, (laughs) that kind of put us on the and map. what was it? Everybody's like project. Was this like a big project you were doing? How you dare were you not know? Calling women you? to modesty. Okay. Like what was project modesty? It was just that like 
we started to talk about modesty on our blog when, you know, Girl Define started, you know, in the ancient of dinosaur days and everyone was blogging, doing posts. Um, we started talking about modesty and it like blew up. People wanted yeah. us to talk about it more. So we created a digital resource. Job. Yeah. Do you remember that blog post you created about having like essentially a breakdown in the middle of a supermarket because you saw a magazine cover of a woman who was not wearing a shirt but was covering up her breasts? Do you remember that? like we do now but it was mm -hmm. called project modesty and it was like a whole ebook and we it was like it was a lot of work <laughs> we basically styled all of these out okay like you're gonna sit here and be like our views on modesty have changed and you're not going to reflect on the things that you have said in the past that may or may not have impacted people in a negative way like it's okay for you to get on the internet and talk about sex with your husband 24 7 but it's the worst thing in the world if there's a model on a magazine cover not wearing a shirt, but also covering her, her breasts and her nipples with her arm. It's that we're in for way back in the day. Now it's okay, like Okay, it was like almost up. 10 years ago. Okay. Come on. Back like then, they were inspiring. And it was just like a whole <laughs> mindset, how to view modesty, how to approach modesty. We were trying to be careful because we didn't want mm -hmm. to put like black and white standards there, but we were saying, here's what we feel comfortable with at that point. And it kind of became like, this is the standard of modesty. We created this really trendy, cute video. A lot of stuff around this whole like brand project modesty started going viral. And so we just mm -hmm. became known. People like started to even call us like the modesty ministry, which was never what we set out to do. But it just, because mm. we were speaking up so boldly and so kind of confidently about yeah. it, um, people were drawn to it and needed it all at the same time and so that's kind of what put like helped to put us on the yeah. map there was there was a couple of yeah. things that put us on the map that was one of them and over the years though Kristen and I as we've grown and I would say matured and mm -hmm. really humble been humbled in our perspectives as we've like I got married you got mm -hmm. married just lived life became moms all this stuff it really does change you and as you become more mature in your understanding of the word what the word actually says what it doesn't say you kind of disentangle like yeah. you said from okay what is actually true and what's something that is black and white in scripture and what is something that is a conviction and that each person each couple family whatever needs to seek the lord with so that's kind of been the journey of saying oh maybe everything we said in project modesty um is maybe a little too black and white yeah maybe the because we used pictures to show outfits that can communicate like hey this is the standard of modesty we were trying we to inspire that well, yeah we were trying to inspire to say because i think a lot of people equated modesty with like grandma garb yeah like you're wearing the most old-fashioned frumpy clothes and so i think we if i recall we were trying to inspire like oh here's how we dress modestly and here's how you can do it fashionably i think yes. our tagline was like how to dress how to combine fashion and modesty it was like something yes, like that yes you're right so we were we were trying to inspire like look you can wear cute outfits that are yeah. trendy but you don't have to show like every last yeah. inch of skin I think that was kind of like our angle totally. so a problem for me and I'm just gonna be like super honest okay so that can be your intention for project modesty specifically but that doesn't mean that there wasn't an element of shame in your internet presence as a whole of shaming people and what they chose to wear if it was different than your standard. Because I do remember that video. That video was like fun and lighthearted and cute and like here's some outfit inspo. But looking at the other pieces of content that you have created, it's very clear that it's not just like, hey, if you want to join us and dress the way that we do, here's some inspiration for your closet. It's you know, they, they literally just posted about um, 
how you can you can be covered up and still be trying to be seductive and how that's a bad thing. So there's still this this element of shaming women and shaming their bodies basically for existing on their channel. With all of this, I actually talked about it on my Instagram in a minute. I'm going to pull up, go into my Instagram archives and find those stories because I do want to read some of them. But a big problem for Love me, it. like when Dave and I got married, I was so like hyper aware of modesty. So it kind of like the world became yeah, almost like everyone was a, almost like a sexual being first and foremost. Like we are sexual beings, but it almost became like, I was hyper aware of everything sexual. So about me even mm -hmm. like I viewed myself like in such a like sexual way that, Oh my goodness, if this shirt is too tight, if my shorts are too short, if something like I am just like this walking sexual temptation or like people are just going to look at me and be like, See? Oh, this, she's just like sexual, you know, I don't know if that makes sense, but that's kind of how I lived in the world. So like, even when Dave and I were dating and we were engaged and then we got married, I remember just like feeling the stress of like going into a restaurant and being like, Oh my goodness, look, there's a girl there. And she's got like a bunch of cleavage showing. It was hard for me to be present and enjoy because I just kept thinking like, Oh my goodness, how can a man be at a restaurant and see the, mm. the cleavage and not just be like lusting time. So it was like, always felt like this battle and, you know, and he wasn't saying that I was putting that on him and I was putting that in the world. So my in life the world. in the world, my <laughs> life was almost like this revolving yeah. around everything I was against all the problems in the world. And it was hard to like actually live and enjoy because, Oh my goodness, the billboard, Oh my goodness, the mail, like all of this stuff. Yeah. I almost felt like, responsible for having to like keep him from failing and to not make other yes. people fail. And I wouldn't have said that stuff out loud, yeah. but it kind of was like the, I mean, it, like I can remember situations like that, the stress yeah. of it all. And even having conversations like. I'm glad she's bringing that up and she's talking about it in a way that makes it clear that that is not like, that's not the way to go. That's not the way to be is to be hyper focused and like hyper vigilant on policing how other people behave because you're afraid of how it's going to impact your husband. Like that sounds like such a, well, her, her boyfriend at the time, Dave, who she's married to now, it's like, that is such a stressful place to put yourself in. And it sounds so ridiculous to sit here and be like, how can he sit and have a meal when someone else's cleavage is out. Because I guarantee you, if the rules were reversed, that is not the approach that she would take. If she saw a man who was shirtless or in like really tight, maybe potentially revealing pants, she would not expect Dave to be concerned about her eyes. That would be her responsibility. Her, where she looked at what she thought, anything that crept into her mind, that would be on her. But when it's a girl who's showing cleavage, it's not on Dave. And I'm not saying anything bad about Dave. I'm not trying to, like, come after him. Um, I mean, I have a few issues with some of the things that he has said. But I do think he's genuinely trying to grow in his faith and, and be a good dad and a good partner and just, like, a good person. So I'm not trying to, like, come for Dave. But it's like, that's not on Dave in Bethany's mind. It's on Bethany and it's on all the other women around him to keep him from having sexual thoughts during premarital counseling about this. Mm -hmm. Like it was a struggle. Yeah. Well, what was it like for you? I think the, and I felt very and similarly in getting married in the, it was my, like, it's the woman's job to protect the man, to keep him yeah. from sinning, to keep him from lusting, to keep him from failing. When you get married, this is your job. Why wouldn't you have those like pulled up and screenshotted before you start recording? So you can be like, Hey, Kristen, what do you think? And then just looking down at your phone and not listening to her, but focusing on finding your old stories. 
married. It's your job to keep the marriage together and make sure that you adultery proof your marriage, you know, by it's all on you, like all on the woman. And I think that a lot of that stemmed from, as I'm thinking back to like my own journey and convictions and perspectives over the years, I think a lot of it did stem back to a lot of the teaching that we were exposed to when we were younger in some of these ultra conservative groups where modesty was front and center. And it was like, not just front and center for women, but like one of the most important things about godly womanhood. And I remember, you know, hearing sessions on this and seeing the way other women would dress. And it was like, you know, talk about not wanting to objectify women. Like it was this, we were pushing it, you know, the idea in these conservative circles was we don't want to um, objectify women and sexualize women like the culture is doing, you know, the, the secular sinful culture. That's all it does is objectify and sexualize women. So we're going to pull against that. And instead we are going to be godly and modest. And it became such a focus, so hyper-focused that I think in some ways we were being objectified in the sense that we were now viewing ourselves as nothing more than sexual objects that we had to cover. We didn't even Mm -hmm. know how to look at our own curves and, and appreciate them in a way that was God honoring because it was just cover, cover, bigger, baggier. I'm a sexual being. I'm a sexual object. And like the more I cover, the more godly I am. And like that in so many ways was the vibe of those conservative circles. And you could look around and you could just see like across the room at a, you know, some of these conferences, everyone was dressed the same. It was like these floor. That is such a miserable, stressful mindset to live in. And I do have empathy for Bethany and Kristen for being raised in circles where that was really pushed and then taking it upon themselves as they became young adults and and living in that, like living in that mindset of being hyper vigilant about their own bodies and how they were perceived. I do feel bad that they took that on. Um, but at the same time, it doesn't take away from them then going on to espouse some of those same beliefs and put that onus on the girls who watched them and, and read their blogs. Length denim skirts, you know, very like the long sleeves, very loose fitting. Nobody wore pants because pants were considered, um, we wore pants. Yeah, we, we wore shorts. We, never we still wore did sports. Only. Yeah. We were never fully bought into this, but I, but the mindset was like, okay. In you know, the Bible talks about women shall not wear men's clothes and men wear women's clothes in the old Testament. So if women wear pants, yeah. then she's like dressing like a man. And looking back, I'm just like, oh, I mean, that's just so crazy to me. Cause I think of the type of outfits that they wore in Bible times where they were like yeah. literally wearing like long tunics that were like dresses. And I think of these manly men mm-hmm. in Scotland wearing kilts that are yeah. literally skirts. And it's like, okay, it's all within your cultural context yeah. of what it, it means to be a man and a woman and culturally what the clothes are. And if at one point pants were for men, but now they're actually for men and women, and you can be very feminine in pants well cultures and times change yeah and so we have to keep it like within context of what's mod like what is happening in culture anyway rabbit trail so all of no, that to say i think that my <laughs> good rabbit there good rabbit. boing 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 <laughs> bringing it back i think that my perspective was very much shaped by that very black and white and i equated godliness with outward dress yeah. and i it was hard for me to disentangle that perspective and recognize like, yeah, modesty matters. It's not like throw it all out and walk around nude. I'm a liberated Christian woman. It's like, where do you find that balance? But going to the heart of it. Yeah. And for me, I I was missing the heart and yeah. I was just focusing on the externals. The part that became the most challenging for me was as I got married 
and was actually married to a man, <laughs> um, I had all these ideas of what modesty should look like. I mean, I don't know if any of y'all remember way back in the day, the Harris brothers, that's like a buzz name, oh. but they have like this whole- Like Josh Harris, and, and then, then he had his, the two Alex yes. and Brett, the younger brothers. And they yeah. had the revolution, but they had like released this whole thing on modesty. And it was like, remember- <gasps> It was a survey. Was it was like yeah. a huge modesty survey that they were like thousands of people. And it was yes. like what guys think about modesty. Yes. yes. And I remember reading that like in high school or whenever. And it was like, okay, if a shirt is too tight, if a bra strap is out, like all of this yeah. stuff and what guys think. And so I just had this very like, like, and I, you know, in these conferences we went to and stuff, there were so, mm. there was so much stuff like this. So it was like, wow, men are just like stumbling left and right. And they're so weak. And like, basically we must protect them, you know, all of this stuff. So then getting married. We must protect them, but if we are traditional evangelical Christians, they are also the leaders of our household. They're they're entrusted with making the decisions for their families, just unquestioned, here's what it is, here's what I say we're doing, and this is how it's going to be, but they're so weak, we, and, and we must protect them. This is why I have such an issue with the way that a lot of Christians and Christian influencers promote and practice submission is because they sit here and they say like submit to your husband let him be in charge let him make the choices he knows best even if he's messing up it's it's a test from god to see how much you trust him and how much you're willing to obey him by submitting when you don't agree with your husband or when your husband's spending all of his time playing video games instead of playing with your kids right we, we look up to the man the man makes the decision but then at the same time, he's so feeble that we have to make sure we're protecting him from seeing somebody wearing cleavage or from seeing a bra strap. Like logically, those two things don't make sense. I don't think they can exist at the same time of this man is amazing and strong and we should let him lead our household. But also he can't handle seeing a tight shirt. And my husband is like, not really of those mindsets. And he's like, you know, more like we can have self-control and the Holy Spirit can empower us and we can mm -hmm. make choices and we can choose where we go and what we look at and all of this. Obviously he's still a man, but he, um, you know, was just like, wow, like this is like a mm -hmm. really intense perspective. And just more even for the way I viewed myself, he was like, whoa, like you just the way you walk into a room and what you think about yourself, what you think about other people, mm. it just seems like not very healthy and very stressful and very much like so enslaving, you know, like not really living for the glory of God and freely being able to enjoy dinner. I'm like so stressed about certain things. And so he okay, started Dave, you know, tell saying her. like, oh, I really like when you wear like these kinds of shorts or that kind of dress and they weren't within my modesty box. Mm. And so it started to really challenge me because I'm like, wow, I'm married to a man and a man who I am like so often have been like concerned about not wanting to, you know, like be a temptation for, not that I thought, you know, that whole thing. I didn't think women were responsible, but I wanted to be an encouragement as a sister in Christ, all of that. Um, and so I had to start asking. Bethany, is that really true? You were just sitting here talking about how you were stressed out at a dinner because you saw a girl have cleavage out and you thought, oh my gosh, how could anybody focus on anything else other than that woman? But you're telling us now that you didn't hold women responsible for not tempting men. While also saying that you perceived yourself as a purely sexual being and that's why you had to cover up so much is because everything about you, like you having a body that has breasts, is sexual. I myself like, wait, why do I have this conviction? Hmm. Is it because I really think like all men think this way and I need to, to dress this way? Or like what? Like what? Why am I dressing? And what am I doing? And so 
my husband actually for several birthdays. Now we've been married for, for about five years. He loves no, to buy this me. is really sweet. He loves to buy me clothes. Wait, is this what you're thinking? What are you thinking? Oh, I'm just thinking about how he loves oh. to buy me clothes. Because Zach, wait, he would never even attempt to try to buy oh, really? me clothes. No, ever. But <laughs> Dave like really funny. loves to oh, love yeah. you in this way. And 100%. I just think it's really sweet. From when we were engaged. Yeah. I mean, he literally like from before. Yeah. When we were dating and engaged, he's always loved it's to really get me sweet. clothes, whatever thing. So he's always like reached out to my sisters to get like stuff he we made a note one time with like all of my measurements and sizes so that he would be able to go and like see and go to like shop online and so he has always loved that that's always been something that he's loved to do and there have been some big big wins because he's misses he's probably thinking like the only way to get her to wear what i want is if i buy it for her like Okay, so as she was speaking, I was sitting there being like, is that sweet or is it controlling? And then Kristen makes the joke of he's probably sitting here thinking the only way that I can get her to wear what I want her to wear is to buy it for her. I don't like that. Dave, you got some positive karma in my book, but this is something that I'm not super comfortable with. If Bethany wants to wear what Bethany wants to wear... She deserves to dress however she wants. Like, I I may disagree with their stance on modesty and certain perspectives, but I don't think it's cool to be like, well, I want you to wear this, and this is what I would prefer for you to wear, so I'm going to buy it, and then you're going to feel obligated to wear it because I purchased it for you. That seems a little bit sinister to me. I don't like that. Her birthday, and then she has to wear it. (laughs) So it's been really challenging, though, because he, Mm. like, you know, this last birthday, it's like he really enjoys things on me that he thinks are completely appropriate and classy for the public and things that I haven't worn previously. And I don't think, you know, like, I talked about it on my social media and stuff, but it's, like, so much on a podcast to go into, like, this and that. And, like, the strap or that, that's not the point of it. The point of it is that, like, it's really been challenging me. And so I'm actually going to read to you some of the posts because I wrote it all out um, and I think you'll find this super interesting. I posted these few stories to social media describing what I was thinking and how I've been feeling right now. And the response to these stories was massive. So many mm. women were responding saying, that's exactly where I've been. That's been my journey. Like I haven't known how to like, you know, articulate this, but that's yes. Like I'm right there with you. So let me read some of what I said. Um, I was talking about a few things and I say, oh, and that also brings up the topic of modesty. I said, I had some pretty hard black and white standards when Dave and I got married. We've had so many conversations of me just taking what I believe and kind of rebuilding it from the ground up. I do wear many things now that I wouldn't have when we first got married. And then I say like this athletic dress that I'm wearing. And I say, I've also stopped over-sexualizing myself and others. That's been huge. This is a longer conversation and one some may agree or disagree with, but I've honestly been loving this journey and loving the direction my family is headed. I say unpacking why I do what I do and where my convictions are rooted has been huge. So much of modesty Christian culture did not give the results many hoped for. Girls grew up to have a lot of body image issues and guys grew up and had a lot of porn and other struggles and many marriages were and still are a wreck. I don't think creating more boundaries is the answer. And that's kind of how I felt sometimes like, oh, if that didn't work and we had all these boundaries, Mm -hmm. we need to have more boundaries. And I think that's like missing the point. I say, I think it's truly a matter of the heart and having a Okay, I'm I'm with her on this story. Um, I, I appreciate her perspective and I agree with a lot of it. I'm still just kind of angry about Dave buying Bethany clothes for her birthday and not them not being clothes that he knows she would like, them being clothes that he likes. My face has been kind of like stuck on stink eye because I'm like, that's suspect. I don't appreciate you doing that. It's not my marriage. It doesn't impact me, but I'm like, Something about that's off, Dave. I don't quite care for it. 
Um, but yeah, I, I agree with her saying that like, you know, we, as a kind of a collective, Christians have had this standard and these boundaries and we say like, these are the rules and this is what you have to stick to. But in all reality, in most cases, having super strict boundaries and rules regarding modesty doesn't benefit people, in my opinion anyway. It gives women body image issues and guilt issues, and it brings on a lot of shame, especially if they experience sexual assault. And they are taught that their their value is in their purity and the way that they dress contributes to that purity and contributes to their self-worth. And then they experience an assault and they're like, oh what did I do wrong? Like they, depending on um, how you were raised and what influences you have, you might blame yourself. And then when you have it from the men's perspective, it's like you're telling them that women are responsible for not tempting you and that you can be tempted based on what other people are wearing. And women are so forbidden and they shouldn't be looked at. And then you create this sense of like, I don't know. It's kind of like the the forbidden fruit thing where you're making it so forbidden, so sexual, so deviant to not be ultra modest that it makes people almost one more curious. And also it gives men an out. It gives them a way to say, I did this bad thing because I couldn't help myself because I was tempted. I groped somebody because look what she was wearing. I cheated on my spouse because look what that girl was wearing or because of how she was behaving or because I was just tempted I was weak. It gives them a way to get out of whatever bad behavior they've engaged in because it's not their fault. It's not their fault that they were tempted by somebody else. It's the other person's fault based on purity culture. So I'm with her. I'm with her on this post so far. Desire to honor the Lord to the best you know how. Many of my previous convictions were rooted in fear. Fear of men lusting after me, fear of being too sexual, fear of all that. So much of that is gone now and it's amazing to live and not always fret. I also have a man who wants to honor others and me. He wants to honor God. He's fully capable of looking away if he wants to or needs to. I don't need to police him or be his Holy Spirit. And I say many of my previous modesty convictions truly were based out of fear. I 100% admit that. And then I said, this is another reason we rarely talk about modesty anymore over at Girl Defined. It's just much more difficult conversation than we used to think it was. <laughs> I say, my heart is to honor the Lord in this area, but I'm definitely in the questioning and rethinking phase. I don't want to spend my life stressing about and living under so much fear. I don't want to be afraid of my body or try to hide the fact that I'm a woman. And why am I so afraid to wear certain things that my husband finds attractive on me and things are perfectly appropriate for public? This may sound crazy to some, but those that get it, get it. And then I said, does anyone, does this interest anyone? And then um, like a million people said, yes. And then I said, my sisters and I have been talking about it a lot and people wanted to know more what the sisters thought. What do the sisters sisters in? (laughs) They are. No, I brought you in actually. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So what inspired you to write that? And like to post, like you just did this recently. So what inspired you to to okay. be in this moment that you're in. So here's part of the problem is that when you've lived a certain way and you even have a strong family culture, even when you're freaking in your thirties and you've got two kids, you almost, you almost feel like, oh my goodness, I'm embarrassed or I don't want to step outside the mold of kind of what hmm. the family has always thought. Because what if like, it's literally fear of what other people will think of you. Like, what if I wear something that you're like, like literally that mm-hmm. you might be like, oh wow, look what Bethany's wearing now, you know? Ooh, and so you almost want yeah. to hide and you almost, again, 
again, you're living in fear. And now it's not the fear that you think something is wrong, but the fear of people looking down on you, the fear of people not respecting mm-hmm. you as much, mm-hmm. the fear of people. So it's like living a life of fear. And so I thought, wow, like I am actually changing and growing. Mm-hmm. Why am I afraid to actually share this in my stories with pictures of what I actually wear? Why do I feel like I have to not pretend, but kind of still put on this front of like, this is who I am. But in reality, like I'm not exactly that person anymore. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. so it just felt kind of fake. And I thought, what do I have to lose when you're totally honest and you're totally raw and real? Like people either like you or they don't. And if they don't and they don't respect you, they'll leave. And that's fine. You know, like I'm a work in progress. We're growing. And I think when you follow a ministry like Girl Defined, you have to know that. Like we- Well, I think you also- have to share that change in perspective as a tactical move if you're going to be selling a sex course. (laughs) Like, if you're going to make your entire internet presence, well, not your entire internet presence, but your personal Instagram page all about sex, it doesn't necessarily make sense for you to be ultra conservative when it comes to modesty and then also be like talking about orgasming on Instagram. So I think you kind of had to be like, hey, my opinions on modesty have changed a little bit. I'm not super into the really strict part anymore. I'm more open these days. Because if you don't do that, your audience is going to be a little bit confused on why you think that showing a bra strap or wearing a shirt that's a little bit form-fitting is not appropriate, but it's okay to get on the internet and talk about your awakened eroticism. We started this ministry when we were in our 20s. If you think that we know everything and we were like gods when we're in our 20s, like, I'm sorry to disappoint. We're not, you know? And so you have to know if you're following any human, they're going to change and hopefully will grow and mature. And so you have to take what they're saying and then evaluate it to scripture and come up with your own convictions. And so when people say, like, what about all the people that you heard and stuff? Like, we say it over and over and over again. Go to the word yourself. We used to say that back then. We never said, we are the final authority Mm -hmm, back then. We mm -hmm. always encourage you, go to scripture, get a mentor, make these decisions for yourself. We are going to share our journey. But part of that is that we're going to be flawed humans. We're not going to do everything right. We're not going to do everything perfectly. I guarantee you in 10 years, I'll probably say something different than I'm saying now Mm. because hopefully I'll have matured and humbled my heart and grown. But I'm just telling you, like being able to live in a world where I can, you know, go to dinner with my husband or, you know, we can, I mean, it's simple things like going to the gym and and not worrying like, oh my goodness, is like, what's going to happen with him? What's going to happen with me? It's just like, we make wise decisions. We're not just like foolish and stupid and like creating all these heart connections with people, Mm -hmm, but we are mm -hmm. like, we make choices Mm -hmm. and we live with intention. We live as like, wow, we have these relationship with each other that we want to honor. We want to respect each other. It's just like such an amazing way to live. And I had a long conversation actually with my pastor. Sorry, I'm on a roll. She's on a roll. Um, Roll it out. It's a very uh, passionate topic of mine. So I I actually, this was not that long ago. We go to an amazing church and we love our pastor super close with like all of those people. And so I actually was able to have a conversation asking him about this because my husband and I were having a conversation about going to um, the the SeaWorld water park area. So we had summer passes and I would take the kids there since I'm like, you know, obviously with them all day. And so we had this conversation, like, what if we all went as a family? And for me, that was always, and has been like a big note, like the guy, don't go to the water park because how can you do anything but just like lost all over the place if you're in a place like that so I brought it up to oh gosh okay um going back to what she said about how they they never presented themselves as like the end-all be-all for this topic it's this is what we think but you know go to the word make your own choices I can appreciate that on a base level and I can understand how verbally you may have said those things But how would it sound if I got on here and I was like, 
The color red is a really inappropriate color to wear. And I think only people with low moral character wear red because it's just such a lustful color. It's disgusting. It causes too much attention to be drawn to you. And I just really don't think that any good Christian who respects themselves wears the color red. But you do you. Like, go to the word and see what you think about it because that's just my opinion. Does that sound like I'm very open to other people's opinions or does that sound like I'm telling you this is what it is? And if you want to go against it, you're free to, but just know that I think you're a bad person. That's the vibe for a lot of their content, especially regarding sexuality, modesty, masturbation, relationships, all of that. It's, it's, you, you, you can do what you want, but here's what we think and this is why it's true. But we're not telling you what to do and, you know, go to the word. It, it doesn't really, yeah, on a surface level, they're saying, like, make your own decision. But the way that they present it doesn't really uh, give the impression that they are open to a difference of opinion here and that they could say, like, oh, well, we agree to disagree and we don't judge you for having a different opinion than us. Right. And then um, secondly, she's saying, like, she wouldn't want Dave to go to a water park. Men don't go to water parks because they would just be lusting all day. So that's what you think of your husband? If you're saying, well, it's not a woman's responsibility to not make a man lust after her. You think your husband is just some like dirtbag creep who can't control his eyes if he sees a woman in a bathing suit? And it really, I mean, SeaWorld, like people aren't generally wearing like bikinis throughout SeaWorld. Um, yeah, they got some water rides, but like well, I can only speak for the Sea World in California because that's the only one I've been to. But maybe, maybe the Sea World by them is different. Maybe there are people walking around more frequently in bikinis. But regardless, the point stands. Like you're telling your husband you don't trust him at a at a not even a water park at at a theme park. My husband and I was like, oh, what do you think about this? Like SeaWorld, it's a very family friendly place. Um, you know, don't add us for SeaWorld. Uh, but, and I was like, do you, what do you think? Like for me back in the day, that was like such a no. So I asked my pastor about that. I was like, mm. okay, this has always been like such a no. We would never do like a SeaWorld type of place, a water park. And he was sharing how with him and his family, a big part of what they do is they really ask like, what are we for? What are we here for? A lot of Christians, we know what we're against. So we can walk into a room where we feel like, mm. I'm against that. Like, I don't want to have the, you know, the floss butt bikini showing at the, the water park. I'm against that. I'm against that. And we're very much like we are against all of these things, but we often don't know what we're for. Why yeah. are we there? So for example, the dinner, oftentimes I knew what I was against. Oh no. Are there people mm -hmm, that, mm -hmm. you know, are dressed in modestly? Like, oh no, this is going to be a problem. How are we going to enjoy uh, blah, 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 you know, all this stuff. I was always living in this space of like, what am I against? And so changing that and saying, what am I here for? Oh, I'm here to have dinner with my husband. I'm here to enjoy like connecting with him. You know, we're on this date night. This is amazing. And you're like the priorities completely shift into place. And so he was sharing, like, if they go to my pastor thing, like if they go to water park or to the beach, like you can make choices. Like there are different types of water parks. There are different mm -hmm, types of mm -hmm. beaches. There are different levels of crowdedness. Yeah. There are different pools with different types of people. You don't have to just go, okay, once and for all, this is how it is. But you can yeah. say, oh, you know, this is a really family friendly place. Obviously any water park, there's going to be a lot more skin, but you can decide like, Hey, what are we here for? What are we doing? What's the purpose of why we're here? And you focus on that. So you go in with an intention of like, this is why I'm here. And you're there to enjoy time with your family, to make memories, to be together. You're not there to like, mm. oh, 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 
always hiding, you know, um, and learning to live in the world and be about what you're for and not living in so much fear. And honestly, that might sound really simple, but it's changed a lot for me. Hmm. I know I'm talking, talking, talking. talking. <laughs> but, I mean, you have two boys now. Like, this yeah. is a whole conversation. What do you think? Yes. Well, we've talked a lot about yeah. this because we have two boys and they're not just little tiny boys like toddlers. They are older, now 13 and nine. And I remember years ago, I'm ashamed to say that, that there was a couple that we were friends with that yeah. Zach wanted to invite over for dinner, but the woman in my opinion, back then and how I thought with a very similar perspective of kind of sexualizing, objectifying everyone in my mind of just like, oh, it's like all I could see when I walked into a room. She would, in my opinion, then, I think I've changed a lot in how I would even view her now, um, dressed immodestly. And and so I remember telling Zach like, oh, I just don't know if it's the best idea to have them over. Um, Just like the four of us, it was before we had kids, like, you know, because she like, dresses really immodesty. And he was like, well, you know, but they're like our friends. Can't we love them? And I remember being so hung up on the fact of like how she dressed that I couldn't even get past that enough to invite them over and have show them hospitality and love them as people. And so exactly what you're saying, like when it becomes such such a hyper focus, it's all you think about all you can see to the point that it cripples you in many ways to even live out your faith and live out the gospel and love people. Now that doesn't mean you just throw everything out and you walk into a strip club with your whole family because you're like, there's freedom. And like, no, like you're saying, there are choices. There are, there's wisdom. You might try something and go, you know, that wasn't beneficial for me as a believer for my heart, my thoughts. Okay. Then you can change your mind. You can do something different. But for me, it was just such a hyper-focus. So I am thankful in many ways, how the Lord has changed my heart to focus on the person and not just the outfit or to focus like on your saying in the restaurant, enjoying that moment with my husband and not like so hyper-focused on what the waitress is wearing and that picture that's hanging on the wall and all the things going on around us, but trusting that my husband loves the Lord, that he's a godly man, that if he has a problem, he's going to vocalize that to me. He's going to say, you know, honey, this isn't helpful for me right now. Can we leave? Or can we sit somewhere else? Like to be able to have that trust and that that's openness in your marriage. Like you have to have those open conversations. So for us, things have shifted a lot too. I mean, we don't have time to go into every last detail. I will say this though, my, my mindset has shifted from godliness being just about the externals and what you wear to modesty being about where is my heart in this? Am I trusting the Lord? Am I worshiping the Lord and what I wear? Am I trusting my husband yeah. that he loves the Lord, that the places we go, that he cares to honor the Lord for himself? Um, am I willing to trust God with that? Like so much of it goes back to the heart and from the heart that is, that is dedicated to worshiping and glorifying God from there. I think, and only there we're able to actually make choices yeah. about our clothing that honor God, mm-hmm. regardless of where we land, we are not all going to land on the same place. We are not all going to have the same standards. You and I as sisters, yeah. we're probably not going to have exactly the same preferences, clothing styles, what we would consider our personal modesty standards in our hearts of like where the line is for us of what I will, what I will wear, what I won't. And that's okay. I think what we should be focused on as believers is not just going for the outward appearance, but going for the heart and really getting to know people. How are you? Where are you at in your walk with God? You know, how you doing? Like getting to know the person and from there, like making sure we're glorifying God from that place. And so that's what's changed most for me. And I do feel a lot of freedom in that. I know we just barely scratched the surface and you're probably left with a lot of more questions than even answers. But the point of having this conversation with the two of us, with you, is that we want to start this conversation. We're bringing modesty back to Girl Defined, but in a different way, in a way where we're talking about it like this. And I know you might be craving more specifics or you might say, okay, Bethany, I want to know specifically what are your modesty standards now? Or Chris, and what does that look like? How do you come to these decisions? Like, 
you might have a lot of questions. I don't know if we can always give answers. Like she said, we're always changing and growing and what we do isn't the most godly choice. Um, But yeah, we'd love to continue talking about this because it is something kind of complicated and nuanced and we can encourage each other as sisters in Christ, like linking arms and saying, we get it. It's hard. It's multifaceted. Let's work it out together. Let's talk about it together. Let's even challenge each other and sharpen each other in how we're thinking about this, how we're living this out. So come do that with us. We would love to hang out with you and continue this over on Instagram. That's where we have all the fun chats about these topics at Girl Defined. Come hang out with us on this video if you're not already there and let's continue this conversation. And if you appreciate... Mm, mm, You want to continue the conversation yet you're... I don't know what is up with their comments. I don't know how they have managed to do this, but the comment section is open. Like you can type a comment out. I haven't tried to like actually comment on one of their videos, but any video you go on, there's maybe five comments. Any, any video that I've seen, maybe there are other videos that I haven't clicked into that have full on comment sections, but their videos are getting thousands of views and no comments. Are they holding them all for review? I don't know what's going on. I think with this video, the only comment on there is something that says like legendary. Let me look. (laughs) Okay, yeah. So this video was posted on October 11th of 2023. It has 8,456 views. And the only comment on the video is one that says legends with three exclamation points and a like the emoji with the little hearts all over the face. How are you, how are you going to continue a conversation when these comments like I don't know when you can't even actually like leave a comment and rely that it's going to be there. Because I guarantee you people are commenting on these videos. There's 8000 views. There's no way only one person had a thought about what was said there. That part definitely confuses me. Like, yes, I want more of this. You can let us know by leaving a five-star review on Apple or on Spotify. And that lets us know, I liked this. I want more of this. And quite honestly, it's really encouraging yes, when you guys leave us five-star reviews and it takes like no time and it's free. So just do it. Okay. Go, review. go, go, go. <laughs> right now. And then come back and join us again next week for another episode of the Girl Defined Show. That's why I'm going to start asking for podcast reviews now. <laughs> just leave it. It costs nothing. It's free. It takes no time. Just give me one. All jokes aside, though, we can continue this conversation in the comment section of my video. My comment section is wide open for you to share any thoughts or opinions that you have. And um, if you're listening to the podcast on Spotify, you can share your thoughts in the Q&A section for this particular episode. And while you are doing that, if you would consider liking this video or subscribing to my channel or giving the podcast a rating and a review, that would be incredible. And if you have done any of those things already, thank you so much. I am so appreciative of you. And I love being able to just sit here hang out with you and talk about whatever. Thank you so much for watching or listening. Please be kind to people and I will see you in the next one. Bye.